I am so excited for this opportunity. This is home for me. Amen. I was saved here. God saved me here. I met my husband here, had three babies here in my time here in the past 14 years. God has blessed me. So it is an honor to serve you, to serve the Lord in this ministry. Amen. It's always been an honor because one thing about this ministry is that we always stand for truth. We stand for biblical truth no matter who likes it. Amen. We want to be the best of the best, best for Jesus. Um, but last year was a little bit different. Everybody knows last year was awesome, right? Um, it was a year of a lot of the unexpected, things we had never experienced before. And as a ministry, we had never experienced anything like that before when it came to COVID, when it came to the riots and the elections. And one thing that we found out real quick was that we were not going to be bamboozled by anyone. And we were still going to remain the same Metro Praise International that we always have been, remaining true to God's word. Amen? And so last year, during, the, during all the chaos that was happening, God utilized that to catapult us into a new season of breakthrough. Amen? Into a new season where we were pruned. But guess what happened after we were pruned? we began to bear so much fruit. Amen? It may not have felt good during the time. It may not have felt good at the moment when we were processing everything that was happening, but it was amazing to see the aftermath of what God was doing when he was shaking us up. Amen? God was purifying our faith. God was strengthening our faith during that time. God was asking us, are you really with me? Are you really doing this? Are you really with the vision? And praise God that the majority, the strong majority said, yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord, I am here. I want to serve you. And so it is an honor to, to still be here and see what God has ahead of us. Because the days are not going to get easier. The days are actually going to get harder right? We understand that last year was testing ground. Last year was a time of testing, and we're going to continue going through the testing. But guess what? We believe a great revival is going to come, and God is going to utilize us to be a part of that. Amen? But we have to pass the test. Each and every one of us, our faith will be tested. But praise God, you want to know what the Bible says when our faith is tested? It comes out purer than gold. It, a faith that is not tested is not faith at all. So sometimes we want to get around things and we want to make sure that, you know, we're doing things right and, and we're, uh, life is just easy and it's just a straight path from A to B. But guess what? It's not like that. Real strong faith has to go up and down, backwards and forwards sometimes. It gets tested, but then it comes out stronger than ever before. Amen. And so today, I want to talk to you about having a life of prayer. A life of prayer. Do you have a life of prayer? I know you have a life of going to church and being parts of ministry, many of you, right? We're family here. We see each other all the time. But what happens behind closed doors? Come on. What really happens Sunday, you know, after you leave church and through Saturday, is there times where you meet with Jesus, where you commune with him? Because I want to tell you something. A person that is praying is going to be able to withstand the tests that are coming up ahead of you. If you are not praying and you are not meeting with Jesus in the quiet place, when the times of testing come, when the storms of life come, you're not going to last. 
And you won't be able to hold on to your neighbor's faith, your spouse's faith, your friend's faith. It's got to be your faith and your faith alone. And where does that faith get developed? It gets developed in the secret place. My job here today, the pastor's job here in this house is to help you develop your faith so that we can present you before Christ Jesus on the day of judgment, and we can say that we equipped you and we trained you so that you can be prepared for that day. I take this very seriously for us to encourage you and to impart in you that desire and that hunger to hold on to Jesus. A lot of people in the church world, they hold on to the pastors and they hold on to personalities. And when they find out those pastors and those personalities are fake, they're faith flounders. No fakeness here. Genuine, genuine faith. A life of prayer will lead to longevity in your walk with Christ. You want to know when we look at men and women of God who've been serving Jesus for so many years, what is the secret? Spending time with Jesus. It's not buying the, the latest book, going to the biggest conference in the area. It's not having the biggest building or cars or money. It's their relationship with Jesus. A life of prayer will keep you from sin. I believe it was Leonard Ravenhill. He said, a praying man will keep from sin, and a sinning man will keep away from prayer. Let me say that again. A praying man will be kept from sin, and a sinning man will be kept away from prayer. Okay? A life of prayer will keep you from sin. Why? Because conviction happens in that secret place, right? You did something, you said something, you thought something, and the Holy Spirit will come and convict you. A life of prayer will help keep your family in order. Sometimes we have no idea what to do. We got children, everybody got children in the house? And they grow up, and they have their own personalities, and you're like, what's happening here? And you have no idea how to keep this in order. You got to keep it in order. You got to keep them from, from hitting people and hating people and being hurt and upset. And how do, how do you do it all together? You pray. You pray. Husbands and, and wives pray together. If you're a single mom or a single dad, you pray. You go to Jesus. You develop that life of prayer and you bring your family before the Lord. A life of prayer will fan the flames in your belly so that you always burn for Jesus. If you lack faith or if, if you're lacking passion and zeal, step into that prayer closet with the Lord. And you don't leave there until he lights you ablaze for him once again. Amen. A life of prayer will keep your priorities in order. A life of prayer will keep you from shrinking back when persecution comes. Many of you, if you have not already, you will face persecution here in Chicago. 2021, persecution is coming. You will face persecution in the workplace. You will face it. But how are you going to keep from shrinking back? It has to be you developing that, that faith in your prayer closet with Jesus. Amen? A life of prayer. Do you have one? Do you have one? Seek your heart today between you and Jesus and say, do I have a life of prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is communicating with God. It means to make a request. And guess what? Jesus made it easy for us. He gave us an example on how to pray. And he lived out the example of praying. Amen? Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 6, verse 5 through 15. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 15. We're going to see what Jesus said 
when it comes to prayer. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Uh Uh-oh. Let's read that again. I don't know what Jesus is talking about here. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Amen? The first thing we see here is Jesus is teaching his disciples. One of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And that is a wonderful prayer request. We should ask God if we don't know how to pray and we want to go stronger in our prayer closet. Lord, teach me to pray. Lead me to pray, Holy Spirit. Lead me. I want to go deeper with you. But Jesus said, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is a person putting on an act. A person is a hypocrite. I'm sorry, is a person who puts on an act. They're not real and they're not genuine. The intent of their heart is what? To be recognized by man. The Bible, Jesus says, do not be a hypocrite. And today I, I encourage you and I challenge you to, to check your heart that you would not be a hypocrite in any area of your life, not just with prayer, but in any area. Right now we're seeing the Lord clean house in the church. If you guys are following with the news you're underst- and everything happening in the church world, God is cleaning house. God is bringing out those things that are in darkness. When we look at people and they look so nice and so put together, but on the inside there is, there is wickedness. There is sin in people's hearts. And Jesus says, do not be like the hypocrites. They put on a show and they do it for what? For the applause of man. They do it to be seen by men. They do it for maybe the money or what comes with the the recognition. And Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites. Amen? Amen. Say, I will not be a hypocrite. All right. And it says, but when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. We got to go into that secret place where there is no distraction, where there is no Facebook, where there is no notifications, but you can hear the still small voice of God. If you are a person in this room and you're saying, I can't do that, find a place to go. Find a closet. Come on, we know so many people that go into the bathroom to pray, go into the kitchen, hide, go somewhere, and you hear the voice of God. Pray in secret and your Father in heaven who sees it, amen, and he will reward what is done in secret. Amen. Verse number six. But when you pray, yep, go into, the, into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The rewards of God will always be better than the rewards of man. The reward that God is going to give you when you seek after him will last for all of eternity. The reward that man can give you by giving you a pat on the back will last just a moment. Come on, think about that. We got to weigh it out. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. You want to know why pagans babble on and on and on when they're praying? Because they worship gods that are made by, by men, that were made by human hands. They have to keep babbling because they're not being heard. But when you pray, you don't have to keep on babbling because, where does it say? 
Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. We don't serve a God where we have to keep on babbling. We serve a God who already knows what we need way before we even ask him. Amen? And so don't babble on. Talk to God straight from your heart. Amen? And so let's keep reading. Verse number 9. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen? So how should we pray? Jesus gave us an example right here. Number one, when you pray, you praise his name. You give glory to God. You enter into the secret place and you begin to honor the Lord for who he is. Amen. He is the all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. You enter there with confidence knowing who your father is. The next thing you do, you ask for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done. So what does that mean? That means not only are you praying for Christ's return, but also you're asking for God's kingdom to come now through us, through you. God, that your kingdom would come in my workplace, that your kingdom would come in my community. Amen. And I want you to notice this here. We're asking for his kingdom to come and his will to be done way before we ask for our daily needs. God's kingdom and his will always comes before our personal daily needs. Amen? It comes before your comfort. It comes before our jobs. It comes before our family. God's kingdom is before all of those things. But it isn't it amazing that we can ask God for our daily needs? So that's the next thing. After you pray for God's kingdom to come, and after you pray for his will to be done, you ask for your daily needs to be met. And that's not just provision for food or money, but that's coming to God and presenting all of you and saying, Lord, I need help in this area. There are some of us who are dealing with deep, dark things in our heart, and the reason we're not experiencing breakthrough in our life is because we don't meet with Jesus. We look to pastors, we look to friends, we look to books. I'm, I've been there. I've been in places where I have felt darkness and I have felt torment because of anxiety. And I'm looking every which way for someone to help me. And I look to my husband to help me and he can't help me. And I got to look to Jesus. Amen. There's times where we're dealing with things and we don't come into the secret place. The secret place is the last place that we go to. But God is saying, come, come, ask me, lay your burdens down. Amen. Ask for your daily needs to be met. Ask, and then the next thing is you ask for God to forgive you of anything that you have done as you have forgiven others. So here's where the heart check is. You got issues. You did something you shouldn't have done. You ask God to forgive you right then and there. There's none of this habitual sin. There's none of this carrying on. There's none of this lifestyle of sin for a true disciple. You ask God to forgive you right then and there as you have forgiven others. And if you have hurt in your heart or if you've offended somebody or somebody has offended you, you forgive them. You give it to the Lord. You make it right. You go to that brother and you make it right. Amen. And then you ask the Lord to keep you from temptation because there's no one in this room that is exempt from temptation. Temptation will come one of which ways for all of us. It may be different, but when temptation comes knocking at your door, you've already prayed, God, keep me, deliver me from evil. Amen. But there's times where we have excuses. I know you're busy. 
I know you're tired. I know you have a huge list of things to do, and we have excuses on why we cannot pray and why we can't meet with the God of the universe. We have that. We, I have discipleship, been doing discipleship with people for 14 years. I've even had these excuses myself on why I didn't pray. But that's exactly what it is. It's excuses. We have time to eat. We have time to watch TV. We have time to go on social media. Do the chores, laundry, run errands, fellowship, because that's so important, right? It really is. But a lot of times we get our priorities mixed up. We have excuses on why not to pray. I, let me tell you something. I'm not trying to put condemnation on you. We're not saved because we pray. You're already saved by the grace of God. But when you pray, when you meet with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you're going to be able to live the God kind of life that he has for you. Jesus did what he heard the Father tell him to do. Jesus was the greatest example for each and every one of us. And if he had to go to the Father to pray, if he had to go and get ministered to and, and pour out his heart to the Father, how much more should you and I not pray? We got to bind those excuses in Jesus' name. Amen? We got to say, excuses be gone. You have no place in my life. Praying to God must be a priority in our lives. It's gonna, that's what's going to allow us to continue to be strong in the Lord. I want to read some of these promises from Jesus to you, and I want you to listen to them as if you were listening to, the, to them for the very first time. I want you to hear what Jesus said to us about prayer. John 14, verse 12 through 14. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son you may ask me anything and I will do it what can we ask him for anything what can we ask him for anything anything children of God we can ask him for anything we can ask him for the soul of our family members and our friends. We can ask him for breakthroughs. We can ask him for deliverance. We can ask him for healings. It's a mystery. Yes, I know it's a mystery that sometimes some of our prayers are answered immediately and sometimes they're not. But Jesus said to ask. I come here today to help stir up a hunger inside of you and a faith inside of you so that you can enter into that secret place and ask him for anything. Ask God Almighty for anything. If we had Donald Trump right here with all his money and Bill Gates with all his money, do you think we would ask for something? Hey, we got this building fund going on right now. It's only about $2,000. You can do that, right? We would ask. Some of us would ask, right? We would ask. We have the God of the universe. The God of the universe. The God of the universe who created the stars in the sky the galaxies and everything in it, the beautiful, the, the mountains and the flowers and the trees and the skies and the air that you breathe and all of the science that goes with it. That is the God that we serve. We're not serving the gods made by human hands. We're serving the living God. And he said, ask me for anything. Let's ask him for a farm, right? 
Let's ask him, what are we asking for? A building. Let's ask him for another campus. Let's ask him for 50 churches here in Chicago. Come on, 500 churches and 100,000 disciples right here. Amen? Let's ask. Let's ask him. Come on, all authority in heaven has been given to Jesus. And the one who has all authority said, ask. Let's ask. John 15, verse 7 through 8. He said, John 15. Verse 7 through 8, if you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. It will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So he's not talking to unbelievers saying you have unlimited access to this. No, he's saying to my disciples. You want to show yourself to be my disciples? Ask. Come on, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And all the fruit that you bear is going to be for my Father's glory. God desires for us to be successful. God doesn't desire for us to be broke, busted, and disgusted. When we're saying, oh, poor is me, and all of this, you know, we're late on rent, we're late on this, we're late on that, and we're, no, God wants you to be blessed, because when you're blessed, it gives your Father glory. If my child walks in here, he's poor, I mean, he's dirty, and, and he's not well taken care of, that reflects me. So when you are taken care of, when you are doing good for the glory of God. Amen? John 15, verse 16, you did not cho choose me. Somebody get that. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Are we getting it now? Are we getting settling in? God's saying, ask. I want to give to you. I want, your, I want fruit to come forth from you. He says, you didn't choose me. You didn't choose me. He chose you. He chose you. All the, the dreams and the visions that you have that you want for ministry and that you want to win souls, God put that in you when he chose you. So he wants you to bear fruit in those areas. Ask whatever you want in my name. I'm sorry. It's not what it says. It says, and so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. Amen. And last one, verse uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Doors will be opened to us when we ask. Doors will remain shut for us when we don't ask. There are sometimes we pray, we ask, we ask the Lord for something, and immediately, oh my goodness, the next day you're like, I just prayed for this. Sometimes you don't even say it out loud. You pray in your mind, and you're like, oh my gosh, the Lord did this for me. You ask, and sometimes it's given to you. Sometimes you have to seek for certain things, and you will find. And there's other times where you have to stand at that door and knock and knock until that door is opened for you. Limitless access for all of us, amen, when we put our faith in the God of the universe. Lawrence, all those dreams, and, and, and Jackie, all those dreams that you guys have, you just keep bursting up with new ministries. Come on, ask. Ask the Lord. I believe that for you. Ask the Lord. There is favor upon your life, and it's for the glory of God. So I'm speaking that over you today. Ask. 
seek and knock, and those doors will be open to you. Limitless access. Come on, guys. When we partner with God, when we're all about God and his kingdom, doors will begin to open for us. Not just in ministry, but also personally. Come on. There are some things that you guys are dealing with. And just ask the Lord. Partner with the Lord. Amen. And receive that freedom. Receive breakthroughs. Breakthroughs are coming. Right there, Juan and Michelle. Juan and Michelle. Juan and Michelle. Ask. Ask. The favor of the Lord is upon you. Ask the Lord, and it shall be given to you. As you put God and his kingdom first in all that you do. It's, it's all about his kingdom, and all other things will be added unto you. Amen? Come on. So in application, I know this is a short message. It's okay. I know, right? It's okay. But we're about to get, we're about to pray. I want to invite the band to come up to, to the stage, and we're going to pray, and we're going to ask we're going to have big asks, okay? A-S-K-S. Big asks to the Lord, okay? We're going to dream big. We're going to partner with God. Our imagine. come on, we're going to let our imagination flow, and we're going to ask the Lord. There's some of you who are waiting for certain family members to get, to get saved. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying and don't stop asking. Here's how you can apply this message to your life. Number one, you got to be born again. If you don't have a right relationship with God first, it doesn't matter if each and every one of your prayers are answered if you lose your soul at the end of this. The Bible says that you need to be born again first. So the first prayer today for you is a prayer of repentance. And we're going to have prayer workers that come up to the front in just a few minutes. And I want you to come and say and repent of your sins and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The next way that you can apply to this to your life is be persistent in prayer. Just like the, pers the, the persistent widow who would not go away from the wicked judge until he answered her request. Pray. Be persistent in prayer. And lastly, wait upon the Lord. Be still and know that he is God. As you wait for your prayers to be answered, as you wait, wait upon him. Praise his name because he is a good God. Hallelujah. Here's, here's a famous quote for you as, as we close out by Leonard Ravenhill. He said, no man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. Come on. Church, we got to be a church of prayer, a church of intimacy with God. There is another level. If you are already here this far, you're a disciple, you're sold out, you're saying, God, use me. Come on. Stay in that intimate place with Jesus of prayer, hearing from him, hearing from him, receiving vision and dreams and directions for you and your family. Come on, we're going to worship the Lord right now. But right now, between you and the Lord, ask yourself, do you have a life of prayer? Come on. Between you and Jesus.
going to keep worshiping the Lord. I want to invite the prayer workers to come up to the front. If you need to get right with Jesus today, come up to the front. Confess your sins to the Lord. Declare him as Lord and Savior of your life and never be the same again. Come on, everybody else. Come on, stir up dreams, stir up vision, stir up those prayer requests right now. Come up with the biggest prayer requests you have ever had. And I want you to come pray right here at the altar with these, these men and women of God. Come on, if you have a big prayer request, come partner with us. We're going to pray with you. Come up to the front and, and lay your request before the Lord. Everybody else, come on, let's keep singing. Let's keep worshiping the Lord. Chicago. We ask you for the soul lost souls that are here among us. We ask you for the drug dealer. We ask you for, for the murderer. We ask you, Lord, for the rapist, dear God. Even, even those we would see, Lord, worse. We ask you for their souls. We ask you for the prostitute. We ask you for the businessman. We ask you, Lord, for our colleges and our high school students. Come on. Right now, I want to pass this microphone around. I want to invite you guys to, to partner with us in prayer. Will you pray for the high school students? Pray for the colleges. Come yes, on. Lord, we just lift up the young people 
for the young adults, God. We just ask you that you would move upon their hearts, God. Open up their eyes, God. I rebuke the blindness, the cultural blindness, God, that has deceived them, God. Wake them up, Lord. I pray that they would stop using their fire, Lord God. They would stop using their passion and their young years, Lord God, to give it to Satan, to give it to all the wicked things, Lord. I pray that they would use their passion, that they would use their hunger, that they would use everything that they have, God, for the kingdom, for revival, Lord God. If, God, I pray that the rioters that were in the street who are mostly young people, I pray that they would start writing for revival, God, that they would start going to the streets and preaching the gospel. Lord, not starting fires in the physical and burning down buildings, but releasing the fire of God and preaching with fire and boldness, God. I pray and I ask you, do it in this young generation and let it explode on the college campuses in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's keep it going. Dominique, come up to the front. Grab this mic. And Marco, come up here as well. Marco, uh, Dominique's husband. <laughs> I want to let you guys pray. Come on, Dominique. I want you to pray for the women. I want you to pray for the young women who are struggling with identity, who are struggling with making bad choices and seeking after the love of men. Pray that God will bring us, bring them to us, that we would disciple them. Pray that God will bring them and that we would see them rise up to be the women that God has brought them to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, we just lift up the women to you right now, Jesus. We, Lord, we just ask that you would just touch the women, Father God. You have made us women, Father God, to be carriers, Jesus. You have made us to be carriers of not only children, but Father God, but of purposes, Father God. So we're asking, Lord, that you continue to remind us about who you have called us to be, Father God. We come against all of the attacks of, against, uh, from Satan that is telling women that they are not good enough, Father God, that telling women that they do not have purposes, Father God, that they have to give themselves up, Father God, outside of marriage, that they have to they have to fill up their bodies with, with different things, Father God. Remind them of who you've called them to be, Jesus. They are your daughters. They are your Esthers. They are your Deborahs. They are your roots right now, Jesus. Remind your daughters that you love them more than anything, Father God. Remind them, Lord, that you have made them to be carriers. I keep hearing carriers. You have made them to be carriers of more than just children. Lord, Father God, birth out what you have put into women, Lord, and we ask that you draw these women to the church, draw them to MPI, draw them, Lord, wherever you are calling them, Lord, bring them home, Father God, so they can be disciples, so they can be stirred in the spirit, Father God, so they can operate in their spiritual gifts, Lord, so they can walk out the purpose that you've called for them, Father God. They are not the word curses that are, have been spoken over them. So many women have words spoken over them on a daily basis by men, by other women, Father God. We come against the word curses that are telling them that they can never be anything or, or calling them out of their names, Father God. We ask you that you will just remind them of how much you love them. Remind them that they are beautiful in your sight, that they do not have to change their appearance to, to, to bring up anything, Father God, that they don't have to change their appearance to get a man or anything like that, Lord, but that who you have ordained for them to be with, Lord, you will bring it to them as long as they seek your face 
as long as they continue to reach out to you and let go of all of their idols, Father God. Bring them to your, your house, Father God. Bring them to your church, Lord, so they can be built up. They can be stewards, Father God, of the gifts that you have imparted into them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask in this moment that you raise up a generation of men, a generation of men that are ready to be fathers, a generation of men that are ready to take the, the, the position as head of the household. We see what the devil has done in this generation. The devil has created a generation of fatherlessness and the rain pours and there is no father to put that umbrella covering over the house. But oh God, we ask that you raise up that umbrella covering over each and every household and raise up a generation of men in Chicago and the United States and the world that will be on fire for you, oh God. We ask that you raise up a generation of Abraham and Moses, oh God, that will be a covering for this generation because when there is no father in the house, that's when the devil seeps in. That the, that's when the devil tries to take the little ones out and he targets them from when they are little because the mother has to go work. But we ask you, oh God, that you, you put back the father as the head of the household. This generation is suffering because there is no more. There is no one. There is no father standing strong. There is no covering for the house. There is no one standing at the door, bolting it shut. We need a generation of men that will bolt the doors shut from the world. We need to close the world out. We need to close the wickedness of this generation out. We need a generation of men that will stand up for righteousness and justice. We need a generation of bold, strong men. We need a generation of David that are fearless. We need a generation of, of men that are after God's own heart, oh God. We ask you raise up the men this generation. Remove the vase of toxic masculinity that say men can come to God, oh God. Raise up a generation of men that will love you, that they won't be shared to cry tears for you. They won't be shared to show their love for you. They will leave this, they will lead their household to be godly household. A praying family is a powerful family, oh God. And we ask you to raise up a generation of praying men, a generation of men that live on their knees, oh God. And they will cry out to you. They will cry out to you for their family. They will cry out to you for guidance. They will cry out to you for leadership, oh God. Raise them up, oh God, across this world. A generation of men that will oppose this culture. A generation of men that refuse to be a part of the statistics. A generation of men that will be heads. A generation of men that will be leaders. A generation of men that will guide this generation towards your future. Towards the land of milk and honey. Away from the darkness and away from the sin, oh God. Create a generation of men that will stand up for righteousness. A generation of men that is fearless. A generation of men that will be like Moses who will lead their family to the promised land, oh God. Raise them up, oh God. Raise them up. Oh God, we lift up the children, Lord. We lift up children that have been neglected, Lord. Lord, we pray for the system in which they have been placed, Lord. They have been placed as orphans, God. And we pray that 
we as a church, Lord, stand up, Lord, and that you financially bless us, Lord, that we're in a place where we can bring in those kids to our homes, oh God, that we can show them the love of Jesus, that although their earthly parents neglected them, Lord, there is a love of a father like no other, God. So let us be the church. Let us be a pillar in this community, God. Lord, bless us financially so we can make schools, Lord, so we can build orphanages, God. Lord, use us, God. Even in, in, our, in, in, the situ in the moment that we're in now, there are things that we can do. So, Lord, let us foster kids, Lord. Let us be the ones to do the work, God. Lord, these kids need hope, God, and you are their hope, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Use us, God. Amen. Didn't Pastor Griselda do such an amazing job today? Amen. Please don't go. What are you doing? Come on. Come on now. See, this is why I don't like to show up too much because they're so humble. That's why I like to stay in the back even when I'm here. But I want you to stay on the stage. Close this out. You did an amazing job. We had to escape Dallas because of an ice storm. I don't know if you guys heard about it. There was a 100-car pileup, uh, six dead, sadly. And then they were expecting to get worse this weekend. So we had to evacuate. The apostle and the prophet had to evacuate. And we said, you're on your own, Dallas. No, half kid. But uh, Lord willing, I'll be back in April. So uh, we'll, we'll do that. And God, God is going to use them. They don't need us there. They're going to do great things. But I have a court date that's been sustained or postponed, rather, for three different times. And I think this time it's actually going to come up. And so it's when we first got our initial violations from the city for meeting. And so I'm going to ask Brother TJ if he would pray for that and that you would pray, whoa, that you would pray with us because we're going to be facing the, you know, the mayor's edict. And we don't want to back down, so I'll be going with Pastor Christian. He'll be with us. So let's be in prayer, not only just for today, but Wednesday. And if something happens, if it gets postponed, I'll let you know. But I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing it. So it's, it's us versus the mayor, the city, the governor. It's time to give an account for that, for us meeting. Now, thankfully, they only gave us two violations because then it did get knocked down, the edict, by uh, Judge Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court. So I'm praying this is the best case scenario that when we go there, we just say this was settled in the Supreme Court, drop these charges, and we're all good. Amen. Um, but it could go to the fine. And if they do fine us, we've already received money to pay those fines because people have given and we've kept it and it's ready to go. It's ready to go if needed. But the best case scenario would be that the fine is dropped for me and for Pastor Christian. And just think about that for a moment. That of all the cities in greater Chicagoland, your church is one of two that are now going to give an account to the mayor and make a testimony of Christ. Amen? So it's an honor. It's an honor. I will not think about or write down what to say ahead of time. I will come ready to let the Spirit lead with my Chicago for Jesus shirt on. We'll see if the news is there. We'll see what happens. But you can be sure of this. We will not go quietly. We will not go quietly. Amen. 
Pastor Christian, he was such an encouragement to me during that time, so pray for his church as well, Elam, Pente- Elam Romanian Pentecostal Church. They had suffered persecution during the Romanian times of the 80s when they lived there, so be in prayer. He had said to me, even if they chain the doors, he will come to church with a chain cutter and he's ready to go to jail. He inspired me the whole way. He inspired me the whole way. He always had more faith than I had. Because I was like, if they chained the doors, I'm just going to the park then, you know? He's like, no, they chained the doors. We're letting them know that's not enough. And what, what kind of will bring tears to my eyes is if some of you remember, there was many in the alliance with the Romanians. They had many Romanian churches, Romanian Baptists. They had others that stood with them. By the time everything was said and done, he looked across to me and he said, Brother, it's just you and I now. Because some of them even got afraid and started going on, pastors started going on vacations. And so he looked at me because I was like, Brother, where are the rest of these guys? Why is it just us, you know? But uh, I do believe one of the other brothers made it to the point of the violations. And I think after that, they were done. So I think it would be us and maybe another Romanian church. So I want to be specific on that. Brother, you're radical. I know that you have faith to pray for us. Would you lead us in prayer for that? Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for churches, Lord God. We thank you for our church, Metro Praise International, Lord God. We thank you for the Romanian church, Lord God, for standing up for the gospel, Jesus. For standing up for truth, Lord God. For standing up for righteousness, God. For standing up, Lord God, for the gospel in this generation, God. God, we pray in Jesus' name that you will lead us, that you will guide us, that you will pour out your spirit upon us, God. So much more, God. Jesus, won't you do it again, God? We pray for a great revival, Lord God, in the city of Chicago. We pray for a great revival in Metro Praise International. We pray for a great revival in the Romanian church in Jesus' name, God that you would do something special, Lord God, because we were willing to stand up for truth, because we were willing to stand up for righteousness, because we were willing not to close our doors, but to open them and welcome to the community in God. So God, won't you do it again, God? Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you, that, 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 that the enemy, the enemy doesn't have no foothold over our church. The enemy doesn't have any foothold over this city. We pray that we rebuke these fines in Jesus' name. We pray that it will be gone in the name of Jesus. We pray that these fines, everything that is trying to be against our church will be gone in Jesus' name, Lord. And we pray for victory over Chicago victory over these court cases victory in jesus name god i pray for pastor joe that you will use them lord god as he goes to court lord god i pray that the prophetic word of the lord will come over him lord god and that he will speak your truth that he will speak your righteousness that he will speak your holiness lord god in jesus name lord god we ask that you will have your way lord lead us guide us pour out your spirit upon us in Jesus' name, amen. And come on, give the Lord some praise. God is good. We're going to invite you guys to continue praying as the band continues to worship and sing. We thank you so much for coming. Continue soaking and, and solidifying those prayers before the Lord, asking him big things for his glory. And if you have to leave, we thank you so much for coming, and we'll see you at Life Groups. Oh, yeah.